JFKFC. <laughs> I think Fucking that um, Jack Ruby's is missing out on that if they're not having a bucket of chicken called JFKFC. <laughs> You're marketing genius. <laughs> Hello, y'all, and welcome to Jackalope Tales, Urban Legends and Music, where we uncover, is it real or is it a jackalope tale? I'm your host, Charles Mooney. And I'm Lisa Umbarger. And also with us today are our production crew, Jenny. Hello. Jeannie. Hi. Natalie. <laughs> Hello. And on the board, a guy who has a prescription for more cowbell, Sam. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> oh, yes. The old cowbell skit. Yeah. Talking about SNL. We Saturday are. Night Live for those who aren't in the know. Yep. Talking about basically how some bands have been banned from SNL. Yes. Banned from SNL. Someone who pissed off Lorne Michaels so much that he said, you cannot come back to my irreverent show. Yes. <laughs> I know. And it's amazing the number of bands they have banned from the show. Some of my favorite bands have been banned from SNL. <laughs> that just means you're cool. Uh, but yeah, today, I mean, we're going to be talking about David Bowie. And Cypress Hill. And Cypress Hill. Yep. Two of them right there. Two that I really love. I love these bands so much. And yeah. we're going we're gonna to talk about those bands. And kind of thinking about this episode, I was noticing that bands don't like to be told what to do. At all. I mean, whether it's NBC itself, which SNL is broadcast on, or their record label, you can ask the simplest thing. But bands get pissed off when they tell them what to do. Bands aren't rule followers. No, no. And I even remember back when Toadies played at Club Clearview, our one show there in uh, Deep Ellum in Dallas. And the sound guy kept coming up to the stage telling us to turn down. And as soon as he would turn around and go back to his board, we'd turn back up. So we'd turn down while he's there looking at us and then turn back up. Right. We were being told to turn down and we're like, fuck that. We're in a band. We're yeah, up. we don't do that. Right. So, um, I mean, have back in Toadie's days, had y'all been in, exposed to any of this stupid? Man, um, this isn't SNL, but we were supposed to do Conan O'Brien and Possum Kingdom is a long song. Right, with the break and everything yeah. in it. Yeah. And for the TV slot, which TV slots for whenever you have a band on, it's all about making money and yeah. getting your short little song in and then commercial, go to commercial. Mm -hmm. So they wanted us to cut like a minute and 30. No. Uh, whoa. Yeah, a minute and 30 out of Possum Kingdom. Are they wanting to try to keep it like within three minutes or something? Under three minutes. Whoa. Yeah, so it's going to be two something. That's like a... A brand new song. If cutting a, a minute and 30 seconds out of a song is a new song. Yeah. So we were negotiating with Conan O'Brien the night before the show. Mm -hmm. we we're supposed to leave that morning, the next morning yeah. for the show. And that's when they dropped it on us that we were going to have to cut the song down. And then they're waiting till the last minute. Yes. Like you're almost stuck. So you got to play by their rules. Right. So we're like, no, we're not cutting the song down. And then our record company was like, we have a brilliant idea. <sighs> 
we got the guy from Deep Blue Something and he's editing your song down for you and you just got to learn it tomorrow during sound check. And we're like, wow. suck a giant dick. <laughs> because So they didn't even ask you. They didn't ask Do us. Do you they mind got the, if we have the Deep Blue Something guy? Right. That guy... Fuck them. They can't even write a rock song. (laughs) Anyway. Ooh, that made us mad. Breakfast at Tiffany's is not a rock song? Mm -mm. (laughs) And, uh, no. And they're like, we got your fine label mates to edit a song. And we don't even know that guy, nor do we want to. And that little bitch tried to edit a song down for us. And can you tell him opinionated about this? And, um, so we didn't go. Yeah. We didn't go. We were like, no, we're not going to play uh, your stupid little bitch made song and um, no and I think you have people who don't know how to talk to musicians talking to musicians about music right? and it sits wrong and they think they know everything about what's right and wrong correct oh that's the frustrating part is it just it's almost like they really do see the relationship as they are the employer the band is the employee yep You can kind of argue it both ways, but the band as an employee would be the most insubordinate employee ever. And it should be because it's the whole guise of music. Yeah. Well, and then they're signing you for the way you are and the way you sound, and then they try and change things up. Yeah. So it's this weird thing that happens whenever uh, they're trying to break a band. That's funny that... When music music industry calls it breaking a band, when oh. that's actually what happens, you break the freaking band God. to make the band wow. popular. So yeah, you break them down, and it's. I think most bands come out the other end kind of jaded. There's yeah. very few bands that aren't jaded from the industry itself and the things you have to do and the loopholes and. It's like an industry mindfuck. Yeah. It's so psychological. They're trying to break you down. Right. Try to get you to confess to the murder you didn't do. Exactly. (sighs) Which it leads right into this. And now I understand why these bands acted the way they did when they got to SNL. Yeah. And And they were told not to do something. Right. And just just to name a few, because there have been quite a few. So many great bands. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean... You almost think back to the first time that happened would have to be when Elvis Costello. That's a huge one. I mean, so many people know about that one where he decided to change the, they told him to play one song and he changed it. He changed it to the song that was the hit, the new hit on the radio, which is a great career move and why SNL couldn't see this. I know. And it was great because they started the song they were supposed to play and then stopped it. And then started playing the other one. Uh, You've got System of a Down was banned there because it was during the war in Iraq. And System was playing uh, BYOB, the Bring Your Own Bombs song. And they were, NBC, Saturday Night Live was nervous about them cussing. Yeah. So they even put the uh, band on a delay to kind of catch the bad words that were in the song. Right. And then it's as simple as at the end of the set of the song, the guitarist said, fuck yeah, into the microphone. (laughs) And that got them banned. (laughs) So, oh my God. And then Sinead O'Connor. Yep. 
tore up the picture of the Pope. Right. Uh. That was a huge one and the one that everyone talks about now. Yep. And that one is sad because it ruined her career. It did. I mean, everyone was against her after and that. And I will just say that it's come to pass that she was right. So You're right. Uh, there was the punk band Fear. Oh, my God. Okay, now that one was a circus. Oh, that's it's amazing to see it. It's uh, YouTube has a documentary. Uh, they have videos of the show. From what I recall, John Belushi was a fan of Fear, yeah. who was a New York band, and asked Lauren Michaels, the producer, to have Fear on for their Halloween show. Genius. And Genius. They wanted to bring punks in to be along the stage, but they told the punks to be calm. Yeah, no. And that didn't happen. Right. So Fear got banned. <laughs> I think if they didn't even say anything to the punks, I think it would have been all right. Yeah. But, you know, when you have like the dad figure walking up and going, you guys need to settle down tonight, oh, okay? And yep, you're yeah. going to you're gonna turn up the volume a little bit. And see on uh, the one Rage Against the Machine? Yes. They were banned. That was one where it's almost like Saturday Night Live set it up because Steve Forbes a presidential candidate and billionaire was the host. Right. And you're going to have Rage Against the Machine on. Yeah. Well, they had uh, upside down American flags on their amps. And actually, the crew of SNL came out and pulled the flags off right before they started to get rid of that. Wow. Uh, and then the bass player of Rage ended up tearing up an American flag and threw it at Steve Forbes. <laughs> that's so great. That is so great. That's, see, yep. that's rock and roll. Bring it. It is. It is. And um, then you have some of the drunk appearances like the oh, replacements. Yes. Uh, they were, according to what I read, they were partially sober for the first song. Right. But then they got totally wasted, and then they came back on for their second song where they were running into each other. <laughs> they, I mean, sloppy playing. It was great. I would have loved to have seen right. that. It's rock and roll. Let's do it. Yeah. But because of that, they were banned from NBC for 35 years. Man. <laughs> so, but uh, to focus on one of them, David Bowie. Yeah. Uh, this one wasn't so well known. I didn't even know about this one. Because but... he doesn't seem very controversial. Like, no. In the, you know, like the drowning pool kind of. No, not in that aspect. But again, he's a musician. The interesting thing on this one is what he was told to do or not to do. Okay. Um so he was actually banned from Saturday Night Live. It ended up being for three years. But he was a friend of Lorne Michaels, mm -hmm. the producer. And, you know, sometimes they'll use the musician that's on the show for a skit. Right. They were going to have David Bowie do a skit about a bakery and their pastries. And David Bowie was going to sing a song, and it was taking his song, Watch That Man. But instead, they wanted him to say, Try Our Flan, which is the correct pronunciation for flan. Right. Well, they wanted him to say flan, so it was man flan. Right. Well, yeah, I guess David Bowie was proper enough. He did not want to say flan. He wanted to <laughs> say flan. And he had 
trouble with the producers. He argued about it. During the rehearsals of the week, he would even talk about, we need to change that. And Lorne and the rest of the people at SNL are like, we can't change it. It's set up. They go with the excuse of it takes too much to try and change it. The pronunciation of flan. Isn't that amazing? I know. But they go through all that. And a little inside story to this was that Lorne Michaels, the producer, he had left SNL for a little while. Mm -hmm. And during that time, he really hit a downward spiral. And he had told David Bowie how he had done mountains of cocaine while listening to Bowie's album, Scary Monsters. Mm -hmm. And he shared with Bowie that he really just couldn't even listen to that album anymore or any of the songs because it brought up such terrible memories. Wow. Well... There's a way for David Bowie to get back at uh, SNL. So what David Bowie ended up doing was he was supposed to uh, play Telling Lies, which is uh, one of his songs Mm -hmm. that was of that moment. And so what he ended up doing is... He ended up going up there, and instead of playing the song he was supposed to, David Bowie started playing the song Scary Monsters, which is off that album that Lorne Michaels cannot stand. Well, guess what? Lorne got pissed, Hmm. and uh, he was furious about Bowie playing that song, and then he and the staff had David Bowie and his band immediately escorted off the premises right after they were done. They made them leave. I mean, they got them out of there. And the funny part was that Bowie said that his most disappointing aspect of that was that there was a lovely fruit basket (laughs) that SNL had given him in his dressing room, and he had wanted to take it back to the hotel but they didn't even let him get his fruit basket. Man. And he was pissed about that. And so as a result, he was banned for three years from SNL. You know what? Good on David Bowie for not <laughs> trying to mispronounce flan. <laughs> that good custard. And what a clever way to get back. <laughs> I know, right? Lawrence. I, mean, I know, right? You just, I mean, he couldn't have thought of anything better than that. He's it's, such a good British dude. I know. How can you piss him off with flan and flan? <laughs> right. And it's like, oh. See? You just can't piss musicians off. You can't. It goes Don't south. Do it. Yeah. And it feels like Lauren is the person who's doing this every single time oh yeah he is definitely the catalyst for it well he definitely pissed off cypress hill oh let's hear this one so when cypress hill's on live tv i mean what could go wrong really come on and see i remember we were working in the sound warehouse in fort worth when cypress hill's first album came out and damn i remember the lyrics and the guy's voice I mean, it ain't going out. Yeah, yeah, that that whole album yeah. was so cool. So yeah. So I mean, these guys aren't known for good behavior. Yeah. So what are you expecting? Well, aren't I mean, they always on. so high they shouldn't even be? Yes. <laughs> angry. Their music is totally about that. Yeah. About being high. Yeah. And and 
Come on. Yeah. So on October 2nd of 1993, Cypress Hill started off really strong. Oh, yeah. After performing Insane in the Brain. Oh, yes. God, that's a great song. Oh, that is a great one. The Hill Boys decided to get turned up backstage. Uh, They were fine on the first song. It was all good. Be Real brought out a guitar case full of the devil's lettuce (laughs) and proceeded to make a salad for everyone. Um, so the backstage area became a giant hot box. How can you be surprised by this? I mean, right? this band is all about pot. And... I know. So what are you expecting them to do? Like have soda pops backstage? Yeah. That's how they're going to unwind? Oh my God. No, they finished that first song and they crack open the guitar case full of pot. Right. And lit it up. Oh my so, God. It was so much so that the whole backstage was a hot box. It was smoky. Oh, no. And so much so that the cast got a little little giggly for the second half of the show. And it was actually interfering with some skits. Oh, no. Chris Farley. <laughs> yeah, Chris Farley had to be replaced on the last skit after becoming so noticeably high. But that wasn't the worst of it. The audience began to complain about the escaping smoke screen from backstage. So, yeah, everyone was probably high by this time. So SNL Brass decided to get the party reined in a little bit and told Cypress Hill to get rid of the weed. And the guitar case ended up in security's possession. And (laughs) when that happened, all hopes of a peaceful resolution left. Security should not take the band's weed. Oh, no. I mean, that's hitting them where it hurts. <laughs> yep. So when Cypress Hill took the stage for the final song, they played Ain't Going Out Like That. And they actually really did go out like that. Oh, so wow. DJ Muggs uh. walked on stage, lit a joint on stage, live, <laughs> live, lit a joint and says into the microphone, Lauren told me not to do this and I'm lighting it up anyway. I'm having a joint. What's up, yo? And he's like, Whoa. <laughs> so basically he just walked out and gave Lauren the finger. Damn. Yes. But oh um if God. you if you watch the video, it's so freaking funny because he walks out, lights it up, and takes a couple of puffs off of it. Yeah. And then you don't ever see the joint the rest of this sh- uh the rest of the song. Really? Yeah. So he dropped it or whatever, but uh, he was just trying to prove a point. Yeah. Don't oh. mess with the man's weed. Yeah. <laughs> or his party. Right? God. Yeah. So basically, that's what got Cypress Hill the ban. Wow. And from what I understand, they're still banned. <laughs> because that was a giant no-no. Lighten, Lighten. joining on stage was like crazy, crazy. I, I think that SNL could have gotten fined. Oh. There probably is some other legal stuff that happens with that. But I don't think that that would have happened if... You didn't take the guitar case. Yeah, yeah. Probably if you told them, you know, eh, you know, settle down a little bit. Let's take this down. Right. Turn and, it down. And I guess that was back in the time when it was illegal in New York. It totally was. Oh. Yeah, there was man. all sorts of illegal things that happened that night. Yes. Oh, God. See? But then them inviting Cypress Hill, how could they have not expected what? that? Yeah, what do you expect? It's their life. Yeah. It's yeah. not just their their stick that they do on stage. Right. They live it. It's not a gimmick. Right. So. They live it. Yeah. And that's just, why we love them. I know. I can't help but think, I mean, that SNL loves this too, that they right. get all this 
publicity and all this stuff because there, like they say, there is no bad publicity. Right. Well, if you think about the '90s, there was not much going on on SNL. No. Chris Farley was it. So this is probably the most publicity they got, like in months. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because oh God, some of those seasons were like, I don't know when the last time is actually I've ever watched SNL. Been a long time. Yeah. But yeah, it's I've definitely seen a lot of cool bands on there. Oh man, so yeah. But they used to really push the envelope a bit, <laughs> so that was cool to see all that. That's the first place where I saw Kate Bush. Oh, really? Like 19, God, it was like the late 70s. I didn't know who she was at all. I mean, I wasn't exposed to Kate Bush. Um, There's no place you would hear her on the radio around here. Oh, not at all. So that's the first place where I saw Kate Bush. And it was, she did um, two performance art pieces that were really cool. Wow. Did Roll in the Ball. And um, I can't remember the other one. But yeah, it really stuck with me. Part of the show. It's that one star moment. It is. Uh, yeah. This is where we read the one star reviews of artists' performances, albums. Yeah. Um, People are pissed about or hate something about musicians, and we elaborate on that. Yeah. We tell this uh, horrible, horrible review to you <laughs> so you can right. enjoy it with us yes so i mean and uh this one that i got was i it was kind of hard to find some reviews on some of the snl bands but so i thought i'd go a little different route okay the guy that's the comedian and sometimes a musician adam sandler yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, All right. Because, you know, sometimes he does some of his songs during skits and things like that. Well, he goes on comedy tours and he also does some uh, songs during his Yep. He has the Hanukkah routine. song. Yes. Yeah. There are quite a few. This is a review of his album, What the Hell Happened to Me? It's a good question. Right. And this is by Deef34. And he goes on to say, the worst CD I ever heard. That's the title. And he goes on to say, this CD is terrible. I bought it at a yard sale (laughs) as as part of a four for dollar (laughs) sale. Okay. Which is a pretty good deal. Mm -hmm. And I mean, if you paid a quarter for it and you still really hate it and you want to review it, That's that's saying a lot. Yep. Even at a quarter, it wasn't worth the money. I took it out of my CD player about two-thirds of the way through the disc and threw it in the trash. I reused the case for a damaged case I had in my collection. At least I got some use out of it. Grown men should avoid this CD at all costs. Yeah. If you are in middle school or an immature adult, you will probably enjoy this. But this was easily the worst CD I ever put in my CD player. Wow. (laughs) Okay. So not a big Adam Sandler fan. Right. Well, I mean, I feel like it was justified. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, Adam Sandler isn't exactly like an intelligent comedian. No. Not to say that he's not intelligent, but I mean, he's not highbrow. 
Definitely. No, no. You're right yeah. about that, seeing some of his movies. Yes. Some of the real dumb ones I don't I like, but same. same. I want those giggles. Uh, so. <laughs> you giggle? <laughs> I do. Uh, cool. No, I actually am going to uh, read a one star review of an SNL performance. Oh, okay. And I don't know if you saw this one. Greta Van Fleet played no. SNL. Did they? Yeah. Okay. And um, there's some funny, funny memes from their performance. That's how bad it was. They've become a meme from it. No. Yeah. So here's the here's the review. If rock was what you were after, this wasn't the right choice. SNL chose Greta Van Fleet, proving they're uninterested in the quality of the music they're showcasing and scarily out of touch. This is SNL showing their support for the most glorified ripoff in rock music. <laughs> So we're ready to embrace Greta Van Fleet? <laughs> really? There is no band at once as outrageous and boring. Simply put, the band are energy vampires content to suck the interest out of everything. <laughs> from the riffs that they pilfered from Led Zeppelin uh -huh. to their whole boys next door noodling in their parents' garage shtick. <laughs> wow. Man. Now I just want to see the performance. You have to watch it because there's the, the singer. I uh, can't remember his name. He does this little he, weird little head. Oh, tilt seriously! Thing, and like a weird little smirky head tilt. Oh, and it's a meme, and it's the funniest freaking meme. I oh use it all God. the time. Uh. Um, but yeah, you, you have to watch it. It's really cringy. Oh, okay. That's my review of it. When I watched it, it was just real cringy performance. It See, was just really... I've yuck. just heard one song of theirs, and of course I thought, yep, that's Led Zeppelin. Yeah. But, ooh, they can't even pull it off on stage. Right. Ooh. And they're barefoot all the time, so they probably have hookworm. Oh, great. <laughs> that's my diagnosis. <laughs> oh, that would be a good band name, hookworm. Right? <laughs> that was that should be Yes. Greta von Hookworm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Oh god. We're at the happy ending. Are we really? We are. Damn. I mean, it's been a good show. Yeah. I've enjoyed talking about the SNL stuff. Yeah, I mean those are some great stories and I love it when artists push the limits. Oh, it's always fun to hear them get rowdy. I think that's when we're at our best. Ah, right. You know? And I'm going to include us in saying us. Yeah. When we're at our best is when we're pushing the limits. See? Y'all got pushed. Yeah. So totally may as well did. include yourself. Yep. So one day I hope that Cypress Hill will make some smoke screens in my presence. <laughs> but until then, we're going to continue to scan the interweb and uncover the truth. Yeah. And search for more jackalope tales. Oh, I know. We we never know if it's true or not, but we will always want to talk about it. Check it out on the interwebs. Yes, yes. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you get your podcasts. We really thank you for listening, and please sign the petition to make Willie Nelson's birthday a state holiday. And join us next time as we question, is it real or is it a jackalope tale? It's got to be one or the other. Or maybe somewhere in between. <laughs> A jackalope truth. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Is that a goat tail? That was a sheep tail. Sheep tail.